0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number
1: number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: And welcome back to Meeting of the Minds. Today I'm here with the great Chris Ressa mentor of mine back from the Rutgers days. Uh, He brought me under his wing, really was the one responsible for getting me into business. Recommended I read Rich Dad Poor Dad when I was a sophomore at Rutgers. Changed my life, mentored me in the mats, sports, school, and life. He's a great friend. Chris, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, let's talk about you. Let's go through your journey, your wrestling career as a kid in high school and how that led you to Rutgers. Talk about that.
1: Uh, yeah. So, and, and, and I'll try to give a little bit from a mindset perspective. So, you know, growing up in a, a, in a pretty blue collar town where, where sports were pretty important to the community, I ended up, um, growing up playing wrestling, playing football and baseball. I got to high school. I still, I played football and I wrestled and I, uh, ended up wrestling year round. I, I saw there was an opportunity for me to compete on a collegiate level in wrestling and you know I saw that at a little bit of an early age and I I dove into that uh, started training and competing on a national level to get me exposure and experience uh, to prepare myself for a collegiate level Uh, that took me to Rutgers where I competed uh, with you and we were teammates and that that's on a high level um, where I was, we can get into a little more granular if you want, but on a high level, that's what took me there. You know, I, by mistake ended up on the match. Someone on a football field said you should try wrestling. They were recruiting people for wrestling, ended up really uh, enjoying it. The, I think it started that I just loved the ultimate competition piece when I was younger. And then, I think with wrestling it's it's interesting, right? If you I'm always I'm always fascinated by those who have little success as a youth and stick with it and keep coming back for more. Cause I think this is a it's a really challenging sport, and I think you're seeing it more and more today when you know I was on the opposite. I you know, I think my, my career progressively, my success. Uh, got worse and worse as I as I as I progressed. My I was state champ when I was in in youth. I think the worst I ever did in in youth wrestling was third in the state. Uh, got to high school, I I made the state finals, I was a state runner up, but only once. Uh, and then I got to college, and you know I had visions of being an all American, and the, the, I did qualify for the NCAA Double A tournament division one, which was good. But uh, you know it, it got harder and harder along the way. Um, so I am fascinated by those who actually, you know, struggle as a youth and, but continue to keep coming back and trying to get better. Um, and I always wonder like if, you know, what would have happened if I was in third grade, if I was, you know, five and 30 instead of 30 and five, what, what, where would that have taken me? So, uh, when I can tell you in high school, when I took second in the state, you know, for my career, for everything, that was probably the greatest thing that happened to me. I think, I you know, I'm nowhere where I want to be uh, from um, a professional life. But I think if I won that match and I lost five four, I probably wouldn't be as far as I am today.
0: Yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. And and you were one of the guys that really, I mean, you had a natural mentorship personality. Sometimes it was tough love, but it was always it was always <laughs> with a lot of love. And I remember just little things that just pop out of my head. Maybe we were talking about doing a knee slide. And you, we were talking about Coach Cassidy and you were just saying, you just got to do it. You just friggin' do it, right? Yeah. So sometimes we overcomplicate things by trying to break it down. And of course, there's a time for analysis, but sometimes you just got to do it.
1: Yeah, sometimes you just got to do it uh, for sure. I think that, you know, for me, you know, in wrestling, you know, some of the things that I think, were interesting to me is that when you're when you're practicing it's it's a very 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 unique thing to go through a significant amount of practice for six or seven minutes and so even if you're training for football it's 60 minutes and for wrestling it's for six or seven minutes and you have a short window of opportunity to take advantage of those uh, to to take advantage of. And you don't have the, you know, the next quarter is not 15 minutes. And so I think that prepares you really well for great opportunities post wrestling where you have to take advantage of an opportunity you've prepared so long, but You only have a small window of time uh, to take advantage of that opportunity. So just do it. Like I said,
0: that's right. Just, just do it. I'm taking notes as you're, it's sparking more things that are coming into my head that you told me over the years, I remember saying about working on our weaknesses and something that you said, if you're, if you're having trouble in a certain area in wrestling, and obviously this could be related to school, to business or to life, put yourself in that area. Like I think maybe it was leg counters. Yeah. Coach, I think it was Cassidy again, who made you start with a guy having a leg on you every time before you could even wrestle on your feet to get you good where you needed to work on. Talk yeah about so that.
1: yeah, so I think that's something that's really interesting because um, I think uh, you know, even today, I, I, I go back and forth on, on this concept. That's, a, that's an interesting concept, which I, I would frame it versus work on weaknesses, I would say, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think that, you know, that's how I would frame it because today I think, you know, and as I compare it to the business world, competition is so fierce and I'm not saying run away from competition, but it's hard to get going in the business world because there's so much competition, especially, you know, capital and all these things. And so there's riches and niches. And I think that, you know, going deeper on your strengths versus going wider, being a jack of all trades, the people I see who are the most successful are good at a a few, are amazing experts at a few things. Very few people are great at everything. That said, going back to not being able to get out of legs, I think you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And you need to put yourself in scenarios where you're all are uncomfortable. I think that translates to more than just leg counters. I think that translates to a lot of other things. And it's okay to be in situations that are new and uncomfortable because you have the mindset and framework to be able to adapt and handle uncomfortable situations.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And also speak to the importance of having a good mentor because a lot of times we think we know our strengths. We think we know our weaknesses. And I remember something you said to me a while ago, you would say, Zanetti, what's your best shot? And I'd say low. single. And you already knew what you were, where you were trying to make the point here. I said a low single. You said, no, you like to think you're a low single guy. Your best move is your elbow post to your high single. You said that to me a while ago, if you remember, but um, yeah, a lot of times we think we're strong in certain areas or we think we're weak in certain areas um, but we need that mentorship to steer us in the right direction because sometimes we're disillusioned.
1: Yeah, I so when I was a youth wrestler, I was stronger and faster than most and that carried me far as a youth wrestler. And but what that did was I developed some bad habits because some coaches were like, "Hey, you should do XYZ." And I'm going, "Well, why should I do XYZ because ABC is working. Right. And then, you know, I got to college and you mentioned Steve Cassidy and he, he mentioned a line to me was the only thing worse than bad habits that don't work or bad habits that do work. And so I would that that's what it took for it to click for me. And everyone has something unique that it takes to click for them and surrounding yourself with People who are, you know, who, who you have a high regard for will often set yourself up to be in moments where things click. And you have to be in a position to set yourself up in moments where things click, and mentors help you do that.
0: Absolutely. And I guess going along with mentors, so you have the, the mentors that are in front of you, but then you also have the experts that maybe you're reading um, their books you're listening to their podcasts, watching their YouTube videos. Big, big point you always made to me is that it's very important to be well read. Successful people are very well read. So I, I wasn't reading very much before you told me this. And then yeah. so I really put that into effect on one of the first books you, you put in front of me, you said, rich dad, poor dad. If I remember correctly, you said your, your mom gave it to you and said you should read this. But that changed, that changed my life about the, the way we look at career, uh, our professional life and business. Can you talk about that a
1: little bit? Yeah. So that was one of the, it was actually my uncle, but my uncle gave me that book. Uh, It was a, it, it was a great, uh, it was a great lesson for me. If you, if you go to, uh, if you listen to anything about real estate or commercial real estate that is, or anyone is investing in that, that is like the Bible that got a lot of people started. And it, what I think more than anything about being well read is it, Changed As you mentioned, it changed the way you think and it gave you different perspective. And I think that's one of the most profound things about reading is just gaining new perspectives. I was, pre-pandemic, I was reading probably a book or two a month. And that's in a variety of ways. I listen to Audible. I love Audible. I use my iPad or I have the hard copy book, which is less and less these days, but I do like a good old fashioned book that I pick up at Barnes. And so, uh, the, I, I think the, the point that I would make is, you know, being well-read and getting context of how other people are looking at things. You know, if you want to, if you want to be great at something, you know, the, you know, the easiest way is look at look at the people who have done that before you and how did they how did they do it and books are a great resource for that
0: absolutely now now talk about your journey so star ruckers wrestler doing great things on the mat transitioning to business yes so your mindset translate so
1: i'll give you i'll give you a little background of business and, and what i'm doing so When I left Rutgers, I went to work for the Sherwin-Williams company, the paint stores company. They recruited on Rutgers and I was at Rutgers campus and I was in there. I was in Sherwin-Williams corporate real estate department. I really didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And then I, it was a great job there, you know, fortune 500 company. It was awesome. And I, I, I had a great experience learning about corporate real estate. So I was out there looking for new locations for them to open up new stores, new offices, new warehouses. And you, you know, we were, you know, you think of a fortune 500 company, they have a lot of real estate needs and that's what I was doing. And I ended up having a passion for uh, commercial real estate. And one of the attorneys there, you mentioned mentors and one of the attorneys there, uh, one time, and you know, I didn't spend a lot of time with him. But he, you know, we were at lunch one day, and you know, I like passing by, and I like kind of was griping to him about I got a perfect score on my annual review, and I, you know, I was unhappy with the raise, and he was like, you know, giving me the whole it takes time, you know, you gotta you gotta put in your dues. But he, he said he said something that was really interesting, which is. You're a function of their business you're not their business. their business is selling paint. The people who make the most money here sell the most paint. And so what you need to do if you want to be in finance, don't work in the finance department for you know so, you know call it um, you know uh, HP computers, go work for the best financial company. If you want to be in law, don't work, you know, as a corporate lawyer for Verizon. Go work at the best law firm. So it's like you want to be in real estate. If you want to really be in real estate, you need to work for a commercial real estate company. So I thought about that. There's a there's a different lot of different paths you can go in commercial real estate. You can work on the user or occupant side, which is the tenant side. You could be a broker or third party, you know, person, or you could be the landlord. And I went and moved on over to the landlord side, and I've been on the landlord side in commercial real estate ever since. Today, I oversee um, our leasing, which is our sales team. They're negotiating the deals for our properties, whether it's with the the local pizza guy, Starbucks, or Walmart to come to the properties we own. I uh, oversee the construction, marketing, and property management departments. So um, we're about 120 people. And that is what I do. And I think, you know, wrestling really, I think, was a good, a a really good foundation for me in being successful in this career um, or just anything in business for a whole host of reasons that we could talk about. But uh, that's kind of the journey that I I got to where I am now.
0: Absolutely. The name of
1: the company is DLC Management.
0: DLC management. Awesome. We can throw a link below in the show notes. That'll be good.
1: Awesome. And we have a podcast called Retail Retold. There We're going to throw that in
0: there also. Awesome. <laughs> so what are those exact mindset qualities or traits that it takes to be a champion, whether it's on the mat or in business?
1: So I'll I'll talk from, you know, personal because I think it's, you know, wrestling both personal for me. You know, I often so over the course of time, my I've interviewed a significant amount of um, people, both at you know from the C-suite down to entry level, and I'm always looking and asking them and seeing if they have the self-awareness of what their differentiators are. And I'll often caveat that question, like you know, what what you know of what makes you unique or what is your differentiator to. And don't give me the surface level, which is you're a hard worker, you're really smart, you're honest and loyal. Because if we hired based on those, every single person who came through the door would get hired because everyone says they're a hard worker, they're honest, they're loyal, they're all this. And by the way, if someone says they're a hard worker, I often say, can you define that for me? Because how do you define hard work versus the other 50 people interviewing who also said they're hard workers? And uh, people really struggle with that interview question when I ask them to define hard work for me, because most people don't ask that. But I, it's for, as an interviewer, it is how do you differentiate if fifty people all tell you they're hard workers? How do you di- differentiate? So I ask them to define what hard work means to them in their own words. Anyway, so if we get all those traits out, you know what makes you unique. And so if I were, you know answering that I think some of the things that have helped me in business were you know high tolerance for stress it's not always lollipops and rainbows so if you want to really rise up if you want something safe secure and you know cozy there are those opportunities if you want to continually climb like the corporate ladder or you want to go the other path and be an entrepreneur you need to have a high tolerance for stress wrestling prepared you for that no doubt uh, you need to, and I, and I say this a lot, not survive under pressure. You need to be able to thrive under pressure, right? When, you know, when there's, you gotta, you gotta like this scenario when you're down by three, you're you're on bottom and there's 47 seconds left on the clock. You gotta, you gotta crave that, right? A lot of people don't crave that. And, um, and in the business world, I don't care how successful you are. You find yourself in that down by three, 47 seconds left on bottom often. And you have to be able to handle that. So I, if I were going to put anything more than anything, it's, you know, since you spent so much time being, you know, uncomfortable, right. And getting comfortable being uncomfortable. I think it really prepped me for that. I think all the things that people talk about, about wrestling and, and the relation discipline work ethic. Those are all true. But if I were to put point to any one that I think is unique that I don't hear spoken about that much, I would say tolerance for stress and, you know, the ability to thrive under pressure versus, you know, survive in pressure.
0: Makes sense. Now, what are some of the biggest mental mistakes or just perspective that people have that, that is just off? when they're, when they're making their career transitioning into business?
1: Um, mental mistakes. Good question. Um,
0: or misconceptions. They might have a perspective that needs an adjustment. If you're mentoring someone, what, what things would you tell them to? So I,
1: I, so I'll, 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 I'll go to both avenues. because I really think there's like two areas you can go and be an entrepreneur in yourself, or you can climb the corporate ladder. And I went that route, notwithstanding Robert Kiyosaki's book. And I have some investments that are passive and whatnot like that book taught. But uh, I would say the following. In the corporate world, there's three, really three ways that you can climb the corporate ladder. You're either the smartest person in the room, you're the hardest worker in the room, or you know somebody who helped you get through in the room. And so, you know... I didn't go to an Ivy league school where my dad was knew everyone on wall street and helped me get there. I realized real quick, I was dealing with a lot of smart people. There's not a lot of, you know, I was rarely the smartest in the room. And so I better figure out what it means to work hard and start working hard. And so if I were to say to anybody like, you know, that all the politics and all the, that go on in corporate America, all the, you know, this degree and that degree, if I were to bucket into three things, the people I see, they're either the hardest worker, the smartest one, or they know a lot of people that helped them along the way, good or bad.
0: All right. So let's say we're not the smartest. How do, how do we work on that heart, that hardest working part and the networking part?
1: So I would say when people ask me the, the two things, that got me the, the, you know, propelled my career and where I used hard work to get me there were um, you mentioned one, which was networking and reading. So I think that um, those two things were the two things that got me along the way. So in, when I first moved from Sherman Williams to the landlord side, and these are the old days. Every morning, anything that had to do with commercial real estate in the wall street journal, I had cut out that article and I had put it in a binder and what I was, and I would do what I was called active learning, not passive learning. So like I saw a term in there that I had no clue. I go look up that term. What did it mean? And then that would take me down a tangent in learning. And so at a very quick pace, I was able to, maybe I wasn't the smartest in the room, but I was knowledgeable. I knew what was going on and I had context and I could understand and, you know, and my opinion was respected. And so I would tell you, be well read. Uh, That helped me tremendously. And then the second thing on networking, you know, there's a, I, I think, you know, whether that's from mentors, people in the business world to get business, um, connecting with others is, you know, critically important. And so I spent a lot of time at the time, you know, attending conferences, introducing myself, setting up calls with people in the markets where we did business just to, you know really connecting, you know, and the, the key is I was a constant resource for people. So and I still do some of this today. So if, you know, no strings attached, if, you know, I might send in, you know, after a conversation and someone was talking about X, Y, Z, and I saw an article send that article, not ask for business, but send that article. Say, Hey, we were talking about this. I thought you think you might thought this was interesting. Um, so constantly doing things where I could add value and trying to stand out. You know, I send a lot of, a lot of up emails today. I'll take a video of myself and send that versus, I think that's the new handwritten note uh and things like that so i'll you know try and use technology but you know that's where i you know those two things networking and reading very simple hard to do takes discipline and hard work to do that you don't have to cut out articles in a binder anymore uh everything's a google stroke away but um definitely being knowledgeable about what's going on in your industry
0: Makes sense. And it's very practical stuff that people could implement right away. Yeah. I hope the the listeners are taking notes. I was always taking note, at least mentally when you were saying things. So I'm I'm sure people are going to get a great amount.
1: (coughs) Yeah. The one thing I would say is, you know, I I don't know what the right, you know, scientific term is, but I would say really active reading, active learning versus passive to me is, it is critical, right? There's, you you talk to a lot of people who like n- know the surface level and you take one step deeper and they're deer in headlights because they didn't spend the time to like really dig in to understand. And I think, you know, active learning, I mentioned like when I was reading, you know, in commercial real estate and probably getting too inside baseball here, but you know, the word CMBS came up like three times. Well, I didn't know what that meant. And if you keep reading and you don't know what it means, then you better go look it up and figure out what the heck it is. And that's what I would do. And that's what I'd recommend people doing. That's the difference between active and passive to me.
0: Absolutely. We're stressing that all the time with people because obviously as a school psychologist, I needed to learn how do people learn and retain information? And they actually have a, a learning pyramid. You might've seen it before. But if you're looking at passive learning, like just listening to a lecture, or re- I think it's Reading a book, you're only likely to retain like ten percent. I think a lecture is only five percent. Audiovisual, maybe like twenty percent. But then once you go into active learning, like doing some kind of exercises, group discussion, we're teaching other people what you learn, um, it shoots up to like fifty to ninety percent retention rate. So there's you got a lot of science backing that up, also. Cool. True, true. And and as you always said, there are some opinions. That are facts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to disagree with a guy like that. It's awesome. Where could we send people your way? What websites, information? I'll link it all to the show notes.
1: Awesome. So the, you can go to our company website, dlcmgmt.com.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can follow me. Follow my hashtag, Ressa on real estate. Nice. And then if you're interested about uh, unique business deals in real estate, you can check out our podcast, Retail Retold. I host that podcast. Uh, It is every uh, Thursday. Uh, The premise is the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. So people will often sit around a dinner table and say, they put Starbucks over there. And I say, the show brings you who they is and how it happened.
0: Awesome. Great stuff. The man, Chris Ressa, thank you very much for your time. As always, great speaking with you. You too, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello?